you made it to level two, deeper questions leading to deeper answers. I'm Tomas Garza, and I'm here to help you decide to transform. I'll be setting the pace for the process to support your unfolding. Learn and commit to a practice that brings simplicity and an awareness of what is ready to be released. Join me now and allow the experience of a deeper sense of love. Welcome to Decide to Transform. I'm your host, Tomas Garza, and this is going to be a fabulous show today. This is a show that I've been looking forward to, and I have been joined in the last few weeks by several tremendous guests, and today's guest is no exception. Hafiz Sumani joins me today from Calgary, Alberta, and Hafiz is the Urban G, lightworker and alchemist. Hafiz is an inspirational catalyst, coach, and energy healer, an explorer of consciousness. He works with men and women who are yearning for a deeper and richer life with more love and connection. We are more than just our physical body, and through radical acceptance, compassion, and awareness, it's how we reclaim our inner power. We have learned to suppress and bury our emotions. And through energy healing and inner alchemy, we can learn to confront it in a safe, healthy, and loving space. We don't see things as they are. We see them as we are. Hafiz, welcome to Decide to Transform. Thank you. Thank you, Tomas, for having me. It's a pleasure. This is a real pleasure. And this bio brings up several questions, which is exactly what I'm always looking for here. But I'm curious, before anything else, how did you arrive at your current line of work as a lightworker alchemist? Ooh, that's an that's a excellent question. Oof. <laughs> Man, where to start? I would say, so all this, this, this journey started, um, it, re it really took off in 2012. Okay. You know, that was, uh, that was um, a transition period for me where I graduated, I was graduating university. I had Olympic trials in Calgary as well too. So there's so much that was going on. And within that period, I found myself, uh, I graduated from university and I, failed to I, I didn't make the Olympics I, I was injured mm. and that left me in a place of emptiness a place of okay what do I do now like I had this lifestyle as a student athlete and this identity no longer is who I am mm -hmm. and with that it caused a lot of inner turmoil suffering within me that led me to seek out answers of who am I you know, where am I going with my life and ask the deeper questions. So that's how that started out. Okay. And what, uh, you were in the Olympic trials in, in what, what sport, what event? Uh, so track and field, track. I was a 200, 400 meter sprinter. Okay. And you, you were injured during the trials then, is that right? Yeah, right before I've, uh, I had a long list of history of injuries with, with the sport, oh. you know, and Oh yeah, from like knee knee issues to Achilles, I, I ruptured my Achilles tendon, hamstring pulls, like you name it. Uh -oh. um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but with it, but, but with it though, it, it taught me so many lessons as an athlete of mental fortitude, tenacity, yeah. um, and just yeah, just being being persistent. 
you know, and mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so towards the, the, the trials, about two weeks before the trials, I ended up pulling my hamstring and that was it. I, I tried to, to see if I could, you know, recover in time, but it just was not enough time. And that was, that was the end of my career. Oh, wow. Okay. So how did that feel to have that realization hit you? It, it, it was like a ticking time bomb, so to speak. It was like a slow explosion of like denial. Like, no, nah, uh, this is, I'll be back, you know, I'll pull through this, you know, and it was mm-hmm. just this, trying to dissociate from the pain. I didn't allow myself to feel the pain. Um, I didn't have any support to, to really, to, to, I didn't have a safe place to, to share my hurt and my disappointment. I, I held that in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so because you held that in, I think that a lot of listeners would be able to relate to this, whether they were were an Olympic um, in the Olympic trials or an athlete or not. I think a lot of people don't have support. They don't have a a place to process emotions and feelings. So, yeah, how did that impact you not having that support? Yeah, the, the impact was I, I was I was up and down. I was like mm. depressed, you know, and I was, you know, I'm generally a positive person. So I was like, no, right. be happy. It's okay. And mm-hmm. and be behind that was it wasn't authentic, you know. So with that, it, it just uh, I just became withdrawn. You know, I just withdrew and I was just looking for distractions. You know, I, I was uh whether it was TV or video games or some form of distraction to avoid the pain. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, it took a while. It took a while for me. It wasn't until really 2014, really two years mm. after that, that I had a space to, to share that. And that was uh, at a retreat. Uh, it doesn't mm. exist anymore, but it's called higher purpose. Okay. And it was uh, it was over in Boulder, Colorado. You know, it was my yeah. first time over there. And, you know, similar right. to, similar to Calgary, the mountains, a beautiful place. Right. And it was a place where there was, um, you know, healers and serial um, social entrepreneurs, people doing creative things, and it was just a safe space. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I got to share one on one with someone. You know, we did some vulnerable exercises like eye gazing which is uh, yeah yeah <laughs> have you ever done that that yes. was mm-hmm. looking at someone in the eye for like more than a minute like feel all sorts of things yeah you do so it's it, intense so in that space <laughs> in that space I, I i talked about my my experience as a track athlete and the expectations that i placed upon myself and how i felt like i let myself down I'm, I, I don't feel like I'm anybody because I didn't achieve, I didn't achieve my dream. So my, my self-worth was placed in that and just getting it out there and just being heard. And with that, I just had a flood of tears. I uh, like, yeah, you know, okay. and it was, it was such a relief because mm-hmm. it, it gave mm-hmm. me permission to be like, it's okay to feel that. It's okay to grieve it. I allowed myself to grieve the loss. Yeah. You know, and, and, yeah. and after that, I, I felt I felt so much more space within that to be like, Hey, it's okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and this was 2014. You said, right? Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Well then after that, um, once you had that space, what happened then? What happened then? It yeah. was, <laughs> it, 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 
I, I felt the sense of lightness after that. And I was like, okay, well, I want to explore. I want to learn more. Um, I was exposed to energy healing there. I, mm. uh, at the retreat, I sprained my ankle playing basketball and there was okay. a couple little couple of healers. Hey, we'll do some, you know, some Reiki. And I was like, what's Reiki? And then that's uh, the first time I got to experience that. And sure. that ignited my mm. curiosity, you know, so it made me curious for knowledge. Okay. Well, what is Reiki? What is energy? Um, and, and, and these, these emotions, I felt lighter. I'm like, there's so much more within me that I want to learn about myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. From there, I, yeah, I just started reading as many books I can, as I can get my hands on. You know, okay. from positive psychology to mysticism and even traveling to Peru as well, too. Mm, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. That's very interesting. I know people will be interested in this. So when did you travel to Peru? That was uh, that, that same year, 2014. 14. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, and, and what went on down there um, in Peru? So for Peru, I wanted to experience um, ayahuasca, right? Yeah. So I was, I was curious. I, I saw a TED talk on it, um, mm-hmm. a researcher by the name of Graham Hancock, and he talked about uh, it's called War on Consciousness, and he talked right. about, you know, these various substances from alcohol to caffeinated drinks, sugar drinks, right, which mm-hmm. control which is which shifts our our state to being alert. And then there's these other substances, psychedelics, which expand our consciousness to look beyond just, you know, just our reality. There's so much more out there, right? Oh, so yeah. that was that was the catalyst <laughs> for me. I'm like, huh, I want to experience this. I want to learn more about this. You know, there's there's so much more out there, and it just there was this thirst to experience and to to learn more about that, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's that's what uh, led me on the path to Peru. Okay. Uh, and I, there was a lot of journaling. I had uh, an empty journal and I filled it up with my intentions. Well, what, what was it I was seeking to explore? You know, what, um, we can call it shadow work, really. That was really what, mm-hmm. what I was seeking. I was, I was, I was yeah. looking to clear things that were not occurred in my life, in my childhood. What was holding me back from being a, a great, the greatest version of myself? You know, and then this journey, this is a journey that is ongoing. It, it's never, yeah. there's, no gen, there's no destination. You get there and everything is all set. No way. Oh, it is ongoing. <laughs> it's, <laughs> like a, sure. it's like a spiral. It's like a spiral where you just keep going and then you come back. You're like, I thought I dealt with this. Like there's more and you just keep going deeper and, and just learning more about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you do. And then just when you think that you've learned as much as you possibly can, then there's a whole nother depth <laughs> to be explored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, so then um, you, you traveled quite a bit then in, in this thirst for, for, for experience and lots of learning. And, and at what point did you begin to, to call yourself then an alchemist or a light worker? How did that evolve? Hmm. So Alchemist, that came from one of my favorite books, um, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, it, it, you know, and, and also as well, like as an, as an alchemist, right, someone that turns lead into gold, um, the way I, I see it, it's something, it's a, it's a metaphor, right? It's, yeah. mm. you know, another one would be like turning lemons into lemonades you know, seeing the silver lining of things. And that mm-hmm. was exactly what that was for me, is that no matter what comes my way, you know, whatever obstacles, challenges, 
um, I look at it in a way that is that that serves me in a higher light. Okay. Right. So that yes. alchemist is that's that's exactly what it is. Everything that I experience, you know, I take it in. You know, like something that I perceive as as uh, uncomfortable or painful, um, honoring that, acknowledging it, right, and then from there looking at the, you know, the the lessons that come from it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and so, where does the uh, the term light worker that's, that's frequently misunderstood out there, um, mm-hmm. you know, where does that fit in? And and actually, how would you define that for a listener that that's not sure exactly what that means? Light worker. Yes. A light worker is someone that is you could say like a healer, right? Mm-hmm. Someone that does that mm-hmm. inward journey that to to understand yourself and to uh, expand yourself in a positive, in a positive way. Yes. Okay. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's generally, it's generally looked at, you know, it's a term that's used often in that, Oh, like everything is light and love and positivity. That is, that's, that's, the, that's the effect of it, but there's mm-hmm. so much more to it. It's really about going into the, into the underground, into the, into the, the darkness, the, the, the shadow side, the, the, the parts of ourselves that we suppress, that we feel shame and guilt going into that and being able to sit in the mud and being uh-huh. okay with that, being okay. Um, not necessarily like self-soothing in a way that, Oh, everything is okay. But like the acknowledging and, 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 and allowing yourself to cry and to be angry and to, uh, express these emotions and being aware of, of what's going on beneath the surface and from there and from there by giving it giving it that um, you know whatever that is that that awareness it it more light flows in and within that okay. light it, you, you expand and you feel lighter it was like the like the first time I cried at that retreat like that was me mm-hmm. grieving and then from there I felt lighter I felt good I'm like oh it's not so bad. I feel good. You know, and then it's like, okay, there's more, there's more, what else is there? So that was <laughs> uh-huh. another, another analogy that I'll use as well is it's like a, a child that is crying for attention, right? You yes. know, the parent ignores the child and the child does more crazy, obnoxious things to get the attention. That's what, it, what, what it's like with our shadows. It's just simply just to acknowledge it and to see it, not trying to fix it. Uh-huh, right. <laughs> I've, uh, I've I've definitely tried that. Oh, maybe I can, you know, Reiki this and breathe through this and, you know, this will just disappear. Like, no, it's a part of you. We, we have parts of ourselves, you know, the good stuff, you know, the, the, the beautiful and then the not so beautiful, right? So mm-hmm. it's just acknowledging all of it that this is overall encompassing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it it is. And that's interesting because a lot of people think of uh, just the light that they think of, of what we commonly refer to as rainbows and unicorns and everything's blissful. (laughs) And, uh, you know, so I think it's a, it's a really an eye opener for a lot of people, but this line of work, this type of work involves sitting in the mud, as you put it. And that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. you, You sit there and get muddy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i was um and this was something that i learned in my journey i didn't get this right away because i was so focused on positivity there's nothing i'm not gonna see the negative nothing but positivity right um and there's a term for it called spiritual bypassing yes right it's just mm-hmm. choosing you know not looking at the 
the the stuff in the surface uh, beneath the surface the emotions and the 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 darkness that that's also there too like it's you know we live in a in a world that's dualistic right there's the yin and the yang and it's through the friction of both the light and the darkness that we grow right right and to take away one's problems i think carl jung said this right that's that's the last thing you want to do because that's how we grow through problems through conflict with with family members and through situations mm-hmm. that's how we grow right and right. to shy away from it and to be like nope everything's positive you're doing yourself a, a disservice mm-hmm. and, and when somebody does that because we've all met people we all know and work with people that do this spiritual bypassing um you know call it whatever people will you know what happens when you you don't uh, as a human being you don't go there with the deep the dark the mud all of that yeah it's it's like that uh you know going back to the analogy of the child that is crying for attention does more and more okay. crazy things it'll come it'll it'll get you <laughs> yeah it will it, it will surf it'll emerge in a way that you know that will force you to confront it mm-hmm. right it's like life you know tossing you tosses you a beach ball before it tosses you a bowling ball right <laughs> oh yeah right yeah. so yeah like it, it it like whether whether you know you like it or not it has to, it, it will come to the surface mm-hmm. one way or the other and it will you know it's just you know are you willing to embrace it and to look at it or it'll just knock you when you're not when you least expect it right, right. so yeah yeah i think a lot of people can relate to getting clubbed clobbered knocked down bowled over so to speak yeah most definitely and well and and because this is the type of work that people sometimes really want to shy away from because it's it's not pleasant it's not pretty and it will be painful it will bring everything up when you work with people how do you help them to to deal with that unpleasantness yeah i like the if i could sum it up into one thing it's really creating a space where where they feel safe and that's the biggest yeah. thing is that you're safe yeah. you, you you feel safe and then um and within that space i'm here to to listen just to listen and just to reflect be a mirror okay mm-hmm. you know that's that's the number one thing and it's it's yeah. not it's not for the intention of oh, i'm going to fix you or i'm going to heal you like no like i am just here to to, to help you through it and to you know, and, and through the revelations, you know, the, the, the wheels start to turn like, oh, you know, like that's, you know, like there, there's so much, it's so therapeutic to just to get it out of your head because we have so much going on in our minds, right? Mm-hmm. That, you know, once we say it out loud and we hear it, it's like, huh, you know, that, that felt good to say it out loud or it's not, it's not as bad or it sounds ridiculous now that I say this, right? Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's just really a matter of showing up and being present for people yeah. and, and seeing what what comes for them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Well, then, you know, the emotions we've we've talked about people suppressing the, those emotions, and um, you know, how prevalent is that in your work with people um, as an alchemist, as a light worker? I mean how does this show up for the people that you're working with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, oh, there was a Taoist master that said that enlightenment is 50% posture. 
right? And it yes. is so so through so so through my interaction, I'm I'm watching the body language, right? Like, are your shoulders mm-hmm. relaxed? Um, uh, is your like are you leaning back? And like body language is everything, right? And then like the, the breath yeah. as well too. Are they breathing deeply? Is it a shallow breath? Are they breathing from the belly? Um, those are those are the main indicators that I look at as well. Mm-hmm. And and also um, also what they say as well too. So they mentioned something in their past, like something emotional, and then did they sit with it? Did they pause? Did they allow themselves to feel that emotion, mm-hmm. right? Or is there a level of avoidance in there in which they would go off on a tangent and tell some story to distract? So it's, it's really just holding that space and just paying attention to what comes, you know, what, 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 um, you know, what I feel from the interaction. And so there's, there's so many levels that, that, that's, that happens from that interaction. Yeah, yeah, there really are. And, and you know, there are a number of, of people listening that are familiar with some form of this process and some that aren't. So I, I think it's, it's really interesting to talk about. And you also mentioned in your bio that you are experientially aware that we're more than just the physical body. Um, at what point did you become experientially aware of being more than just the physical body? Mm, at what point? Ooh. There's so many, there's so many, <laughs> there's so many points, so many stories, experiences from there. Definitely the, <laughs> the ayahuasca experience for sure was one visceral experience of, mm-hmm. um, you know, for those that don't know, ayahuasca is a, is a plant medicine based in the Amazon. And uh, it is uh, prepared by uh, shamans, right? Medicine man or medicine woman yeah. uh, that hold the space, right? Hold a space and a ceremony around this, this brew that you drink, right? And then like, it's, 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 not, it's not pleasant. It's not something that you do for fun at all. Like it tastes awful. <laughs> horrible yes. you know and, <laughs> and then you so after you ingest it you sit and then you wait for the medicine to 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 start to take effect usually about half an hour 45 minutes or so it starts to kick in and then it's different for everyone but for me it was intense visualizations intense auditory experiences so what, what was happening was that i started to have a uh, conversation with my subconscious um everything around me was heightened my my senses i could you know, I could, uh, I was in the, I was in the mountains, so I could hear like the, the, the stream that was outside, like far away. I could, I could hear that. I could hear the, 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 the I could feel the, the, the plants. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. The plants, uh, the, the trees I can. So, the, so I was just, I, I was, oh, I was beyond my body. I was like, okay, like this, like I'm connected to everything. Yes. You know? So mm-hmm. that was one, that, that was one visceral experience. Um, even in meditation as well, too, I've done uh, a Vipassana meditation, which is a 10-day silent retreat, um, mm-hmm. which, um, yeah, you're, you're absolutely like you don't talk to anyone and you, you, you learn uh, a technique, a meditation technique in which you sit to observe the sensations in your body. And I think uh, halfway through, I think on the sixth day, sixth or seventh day, I started to feel sensations that were uh, beyond my body. 
Um, I felt like I was hovering over my body and I was watching an, a movie take place. And this movie was very, it was very visceral. It was very, I, I, I didn't, you know, a part of me was like, what's happening? What is this movie that I'm watching? But there was a part of me that understood the, the meaning of this video. And it was, it was quite, uh, it was quite emotional for me. And, you know, that was, that was an intense moment, you know, and I was like, wow, I'm not on any medicine. I'm just meditating here and I'm experiencing this, you know, just through just observing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's like you said, there, there are so many, Um, there really are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's very, very interesting because that experience differs for everybody. And yeah. yeah, And people have varying degrees of reaction to that uh, from Mm -hmm. allowing to utterly resisting it right were you did you ever find that you were resistant to the experience or was it easier for you to allow them uh at the beginning yes at the beginning i was i felt a lot of resistance Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of fear uh, a lot of fear and and what i noticed was that um as i was you know, experiencing the fear and the resistance, I would feel, I would see the immediate feedback of what I was seeing, right? Mm-hmm. So as soon as I see fear, then I, would, then, then I would see like, you know, with ayahuasca, I would see snakes and angry, crazy sorts of things that I'm like, whoa, like, this is not, this is not what I want. And then I would immediately just start to say a mantra. Um, in this case, mm-hmm. I use the Honopono mantra, which okay. is yeah. thank you. I love you. Forgive me. Like, I, you know, I surrender. I allow. Thank you. <laughs> and uh-huh. then immediately that would change. Uh, yeah. you know, that would change the, the, the experience. So that was a, a direct experience of like my thoughts. You know, what I feel, what I, what I think is a projection of what's out there. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. so that was, yeah, that was, a, that was a powerful experience in that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think of, uh, there was this old experiment that was done by, uh, a Japanese scientist, Dr. Emoto, in which he froze water crystals. And, um, before he did that, he, he had one that said, uh, he had a, a beautiful prayer, one of gratitude. He had another one that said, I hate you. I detest you. And he froze no. them. And then you can see the feedback from these crystals, it was beautiful. The ones that were positive affirmations and then the ones that were negative, they were just deformed. They were just, yeah, you know, and that, and we're what, we're like 60% water. <laughs> At least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's such a, it, like how we think and how we feel about ourselves, especially how we feel, you know, with, right. with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause it's, it's, like the, the words are important too, but the feeling behind it is also important, right? So when it comes to mantras and uh, no, not mantras, but affirmations that, oh, I am this, I am wealthy, I am this. Uh-huh. Um, I don't, um, I, I think that mantras are helpful, but it's not useful if you don't believe it. If you don't believe it, that emotion, the thought, Mm-hmm. around that will supersede that and be like no that's not true right so instead instead of saying i am this instead um I, I ask questions like examples of where like for example like being productive you know where where mm-hmm. am i you know where in my life am i productive or examples in which i show up where i am grateful or i am a loving kind person asking those questions 
what it does is that you activate a part of your brain called the RAS or the reticular activating system. Okay. It's, like the, mm -hmm. it's like the Google search of our brain, which finds oh. evidence within our lives to be like, yeah, this is like, I, I am productive today. I woke up and I journaled what I wanted to do today. Like that's an example there. Okay. And by doing that, you're reinforcing the belief that, yeah, I am productive. So it's finding examples in your life, small little things. It doesn't have to be this big thing, right? Small little steps, small little increments to, to validate, to, to be like, yes, I am doing it. And then from there, it starts to build the momentum. Be like, yeah, see, I am productive. And then Next, I'm on Google Calendar and, you know, doing these things. So that's, that's, how, that's how that works. I love you it. Gotta, you got to believe. Yeah. As you, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 You really do. And uh, that, that seems to be the, the key component. And some people have affirmations that work. And I think it's exactly what you said. It's because they believe that they're real. And if it doesn't work, then, well, you don't believe it. Right. Yeah. So, you know, another concept that you mentioned in your bio that I'd love to have you talk some more about is radical acceptance. We've been talking about allowing. And, you know, you mentioned radical acceptance, which really grabs me as a mm -hmm. phrase. Would you say some more about what you mean by that? Radical acceptance. So, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, it's a big one. It's a big one. It's it's full acceptance of everything that is happening in your life and taking full responsibility, full ownership of that. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, if, uh, uh, I can't remember who said it. I think it was Tom Bellew that said this from Impact Theory and it just stuck with me. Um, he said that if a meteorite were to hit the planet, I would take ownership of that. Oh. Right? Like that is yeah. like, what? like, how can you, you have no control over that. But on the contrary, there is an organization out there that observes the, the, the sky, observes the space mm -hmm. atmosphere to see if there's any uncommon asteroids or comets coming through. And he's like, well, I could donate to that organization to help to improve their technology. That's me doing something about that. But I never thought about that. So in that case, I'm responsible for that. Mm, you know what I yes. mean? Like yes. on that level, like everything that happens, I like there's there's a level of responsibility mm -hmm. there, and that is that is and that that's radical because it's like, well, what do you mean? Like I, I my my childhood, I got abused, I had this happen to me. Like I'm not responsible for that, right? That's that's a that's a tough one, right? Yeah, yeah, and and you know, what would you say to someone that that's really that might believe this, but when it comes to really forgiving deep level abuse or deep level hurt, you know, what would you say to somebody that's, um, that's just not sure mm -hmm. if they want to take it to the next level on that, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. And like, I would even say that, you know, like not necessarily, it's not necessarily about forgiving the, the perpetrator. It's not, it's not about that at all. It's more so of being able to let go and in a way that feels right for you, right? So you don't have to be friends and, and, and to be near that person at all. Yeah. Like it's creating those boundaries and accepting that, yes, this is what happened. That's not okay. Um, and that no longer controls me. It no longer affects my life anymore. Mm -hmm. That awareness, right? It's a journey, right? But that awareness of that, that's, that's, that's the start. That, that's, that's the start of that. Um, and, you know, and, and, forgiveness towards yourself 
more importantly. Okay. Yeah. 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 And and let's talk about that component because that seems to be the one that trips most people up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why do you suppose it's harder for us to forgive ourselves than someone else? Oh, it's always, it's always easier to do everything outside there. <laughs> uh, yes. It's always easier, I find, you know, like, uh-huh. um, I think it comes from the external validation, like everything out there is happening to me. And, it, and I get direct feedback from that, right? That, mm-hmm. that I think that that's the general concept of it, that everything out there that's happening, you know, that I interact with, you know, it's easier for me to give advice to another person that's supposed to me taking my own advice. Right. Okay. Um, I, I think that's that's the that's the general aspect of that, mm-hmm. as opposed to you pointing the finger back and looking at me and being like, "Whoa!" Like it's, you know, it's 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 some heavy stuff. It's it's uncomfortable. You know, it's an uncomfortable place to be to sit in your own stuff and, and yeah. be like, "Yep, you know, I'm responsible for this, or I got to do this," and mm-hmm. you know, and and also I also say when it comes to doing that work too, like going inwards and looking within, it's not something we have to do on our own. we don't have to do it alone and and that was something that i i recently learned too is like i don't have to go inwards and be a be by myself no i can have that awareness and have the support of people around me that understand that i trust and love that i can Mm -hmm. be vulnerable to share this with to help me to you know maybe see a perspective that i i don't see right there's there's so many there's so many different angles that we may not be able to see that we can get from someone that we trust that can mirror it back to us Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and this can come, this uh, person or people can come in a variety of different ways then. Um, I, I really like that you just said that you don't have to do it alone. Um, but that's something that, that comes up for so many people is it feels like when you're in the mud, like we've mm-hmm. talked about, that you're the only one in the mud currently, the only one yeah. that's ever been in the mud currently. Mm-hmm. And, and have you had, Hafiz, have you had any uh, particular teachings or teachers that we haven't talked about that were really relevant and inspiring to you on your journey? Oh, there's a lot of teachers. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, I'd say the one, the one book that I read that really got me out of the, you know, especially when I was transitioning from this identity as an athlete, right, to yeah. whoever, um, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's a book that really, um, I, I really identified with the character, you know, who was also an athlete, uh, you know, an aspiring Olympian and going through these motions of, I gotta, I gotta perform, I gotta do this and all these external accolades as opposed to just enjoying the journey. Right. So that was a big one for me of like, just being really being present. I know that's, that's always being said, Oh, you gotta be present. You gotta like, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I am present. What do you mean? I'm here. Like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. But, (laughs) um, and, and, and that to me is just breathing, you know, like, like, like just, deeply breathing down and just taking it in and slowing down, you know, being in, being in nature in particular is one place that really Mm -hmm. facilitates that. Okay. Right. Yes. Um, Yeah. Dan Millman for sure. Um, Don Miguel uh, Ruiz, the four agreements. Mm -hmm. That was a big, those are some of my mantras that I still, still work with today. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, those those are big. I think a, a lot of people would be familiar with those, and um, you know, one of the ones that resonates the most um, with me of the four agreements is is do your best. I think it uh, it really is. It's interesting how often we sabotage ourselves, and uh, it, it's we're critical of ourselves yet want to uh, you know forgive other people sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are there other teachers or uh, or books or, or, or publications that have been paramount to you? Yeah, yeah. Um, another one is David Data, The Way of the Superior Man. Mm-hmm. That, was a, that, 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 was, that was a powerful one for me in, in terms of understanding uh, relationship dynamics and understanding the, the terms for masculinity and, and feminine energy and how that exists in everyone. It's not nothing to do with gender at all. Yeah. Um, and, and just being with your purpose and just understanding mm-hmm. that there is no end, right? Like, oh, if I work hard and I accumulate this much money, then I can finally rest, right? This notion of that, like, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's, never, it's never like that. Or if, if, my, if my partner fully understands me, then there'll be less fighting and everything will be loved mm. and peaceful. And no, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's a journey. It's a journey of, uh, it's, it's like a wave, ups and downs, right? And just being able to learn to surf the wave, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is like that. I love that, uh, that you've said there is no end. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. We arrive at one place and then there's another journey ahead. It's all a consistent journey. And I want to ask you a question about something that you just referenced about the masculinity and femininity, because I know you've done some work around masculinity and femininity um what does that look like in your in your practice what kind of how do you work with people on that particular dynamic Mm -hmm. so when it comes to working with uh both polarities especially the you know when it comes to masculinity um Mm -hmm. i'm part of a organization called kings of hearts in which we create safe spaces to talk about you know what healthy masculinity is and talk about the pillars awareness, character, vulnerability, and being of service. Um, so some practices when it comes to masculinity in, in particular, it's, it's basically like it's, it's consciousness, pure consciousness, and just um, knowing your purpose, your deepest purpose, um, being able to, to be mm-hmm. still, right? Meditation, mm-hmm. breath work, um, doing something, do, doing work that is purpose oriented. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be with career, right? That's a big right. right. Yeah. This normal it has to, I got to be making money doing my purpose. Like it's like right now I'm here having this conversation. I'm in my purpose right now. Yes. Right. Like it's as simple yes, as that, mm-hmm. um, you know, and just tuning into that. Uh, the feminine aspect is the creative component, the expressive component and um, creating, um, you know, outlets for that. Um, one yeah. thing for me as a, as a child, I always, I, I love drawing drawing and painting and that's something i've not done for so long and i just started getting back into that and it's just it's an expression of that you know yes yeah well and it's interesting and this is something that that i think people don't realize maybe they don't want to realize or maybe they just don't is that each Mm -hmm. of us has both of those polarities inherent within us yeah yeah. And so how do, how do you go about balancing those in your own experience? Hmm. Well, definitely 
um, how I start my day, having a morning routine. That's mm. been one structure that I've had. Um, it used to be, okay, I meditate for 45 minutes in the morning and then that's, that's my routine kind of thing. But with that, yeah. Yeah. uh, I was, I was craving some more room for, uh, creativity. You could say like, I wanted to, well, I don't feel like meditating 45 minutes today, but how about I create a structure of, you know, 45 minutes I can, you know, I can just sit there and do nothing or I could journal or I could read a book, or I can do breath work, I could do yoga, however I feel in that moment. So one day will look different. So that, so within that container, I have, I, I allow myself to express that feminine aspect of me, mm -hmm. of what I feel in that moment. Yeah. As an example, yeah. Yeah, 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 I like that. Because I, I think that, um, you know, with, well, with men and women, I, I think that there are a lot of people that identify so strongly with one polarity that they're actually afraid in some respects of the other and yeah, um, yeah. and that, that's a good example of, of how you can balance it um yeah right and and communicate it as well too communicate mm. with your partner as well too um because we live in a society that is you know it is um, masculine dominant mm -hmm. right and right now like I, I i firmly believe that in terms of uh you know, raising the consciousness and, and, and healing the planet is healing the feminine, honoring the feminine. Um, that's why this work is so important, like healing the feminine within ourselves, allowing ourselves to express these emotions that we, especially as um, from, from a male perspective of like, hey, it's okay to cry. It's okay to, right. you know, to express, to, to express yourself deeply, mm -hmm. you know, being vulnerable. Um, doing that, as well, like once we do that within ourselves, like collectively as well too, it, it, there'll be a shift in that. That's why it's so important. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's really critically important work. And I think that it's getting a lot of, a, a lot more notice, yeah. I guess is the word, than, than it was before, say you yeah. know, 10, 15 uh, years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because there's, there's, a, there's a crisis with mental health. It's, it's gone mm. up the roof, you know, especially yeah. with COVID, like that, that right. like it's, it's it's so rapid now it's yeah 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 it really is it brings a lot of things this year in particular has really brought a lot of things to the fore um you know good bad and ugly but all of it for us to deal with right so so afiz how can people find out more about the work that you do and how can people reach you yeah um definitely reach out to me on uh i'm, I'm pretty active on my social media platform instagram okay. so yeah. there's hafiz alchemist and i also have uh urban lightworker as well too okay um and then also facebook as well too you can reach me on there uh just shoot me a message and i'll respond and i just love uh, i just love connecting with people and just hearing their stories and yes in any way I can serve. So those are those are the main ways for sure. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, thank you. And, and I, I can attest from, from having worked with you that you're a master of social media, Instagram and <laughs> Facebook. So um, it's Hafiz Alchemist and Urban Lightworker on Instagram and Hafiz Simani on Facebook. Yes, and yes, and, and where else can people find you busy these days? Because um, we've, 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 well, uh, listeners will know that uh, that I'm involved with the International Academy of Universal Self Mastery, and so is Hafiz. Mm -hmm. Hafiz is doing oh a lot of work 
on oh, yeah. our, our, our compliance. Yeah, it's a huffiest. Tell us how this experience has has been for you with this academy that's launching on Friday. Yes, uh, yes, I awesome. It has just been an incredible journey with how it's unfolded and how it's grown into you know, into the platform that it is. Yeah. Um, it's just such a, it, it's just so in alignment with, with, with everything that I, that I'm all about, which is, <laughs> you know, putting out knowledge out there for people that are seekers that are looking to expand in the journey of self mastery and uh, with social media as well too, putting out the broadcast out there yeah. and, and also with uh, the compliance team as well too, in which I get to go through the courses. And, and, uh, and before I say that as well too, I awesome, what we're about is it's really about the students, right? We don't yes. do any marketing and no sales, nothing at all. It's just uh, an environment where a collaborative environment where you can interact with the teachers and the students and get the support and you can grow together. Right. That's mm-hmm. what makes it so unique. So I get to go through these courses from uh, all the faculty members. We have about 200. Nice. So I get to go through the courses and I get to learn as I go through them as well, too, which is uh, which is a treat for me. It's like a kid at a candy store, honestly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, love, I love to learn. And, and even uh-huh. things that I learned that, that I already know, I get to go deeper with it and be like, oh, I didn't know that or, right. or expand more on that. So it's it's incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, we're launching on Thursday. We have our launch party, and uh, I'm just so excited, so excited for that, and just how, like, from that point, how much it'll grow as well, too. You know. So. Yeah, it's it's really, and you know, when I think about the work that we're doing with this, I feel really especially great for the students with all of the offerings that we have. Um, yeah. and, and it's, it's literally, it's everything. A lot of things that are related to spirituality, holistic wellness, healing, healing modalities that I had never heard of that now I, now I know quite a bit about. And yeah. there are fitness classes, business classes, and Huffies, you, you nailed it. It's an online learning community. That's, yeah. that's I think, where, where the real energy lies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Makes sense for it's for everyone, whether you're beginning the journey and you want to learn more, if you've been on the journey as well, too, or if you're looking to even um, to share your gifts as well, too, and looking for an avenue, you can find it all on here mm-hmm. as well. So it's like a one stop, literally a one stop shop where you can find everything. Yeah. yeah, you really can. And listeners out there, we're adding to this all the time. And it's the International Academy of Universal Self Mastery, IAUSM for short, I A U S M. And the website is IAUSM.com. You can find yeah. us all on there. We're launching this week, this week as we record the show, and it's IAUSM.com. I love it. Yeah, I wanted to get that in there, for sure. So, uh, Hafiz, this has been a very interesting and enlightening journey for me, and I've learned a great deal. I think the listeners have learned a great deal, too, about a number of different deep-level subjects, which is, is what we're going for. Before we wrap up here today, is there anything else that you would like to say or any other suggestions advice maybe that you would have for the listeners here yeah there's a whole lot that that's just flooding to me right now all right Uh, no the one thing is is that wherever you are right now in your journey you are exactly where you need to be Mm -hmm. um there is no race there is no i gotta get there fast or, or or slow like it doesn't it doesn't matter 
right? Like slow and steady wins the race, mm-hmm. right? And oh, yeah. so that, that, that's one thing as well too. And um, happiness as well too. The, the pursuit of happiness is what leads to unhappiness. You know what I mean? So yes. chasing it is what takes away the, the, the happiness is, is, uh, is from within. Mm-hmm. And to expand on that, I'll, I'll give these points here, which oh, wow. I really love when it comes to happiness or joy or flourishing. Um, it's, there's, there's the positive emotions, right? How you feel, right? The gratitude and taking inventory of what it is that you have and wanting what you've got to enhance your positive emotions. There is being in your purpose, doing something that you're lost in, where time flows, engagement, um, being in that flow state, yeah. positive emotions, who you surround yourself with is critical. The quickest way to change is to, to surround yourself with people that are on the same level or where you want to go. Uh, meaning as well too, finding something that is bigger than yourself, a community okay. to serve or something higher than yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, we're social creatures and that is just how we're, we're wired to be connected. And finally, accomplishments, achievements, striving for excellence in whatever way that looks like for you, striving like those incremental levels of progression is also what boosts your esteem as well too. So it's a, yeah. <laughs> it's a big combination of all those, but I just wanted to share all of that. I love it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you so much for, for, for sharing that. There's so much there. And uh, this has yeah. been a real, a real pleasure, Hafiz. I've been looking forward to this. And this has been really a wonderful experience for me. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Oh, thank you, Tafas. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. It's been a lot of fun. And yes, you can find us on iawesome.com and Hafiz again on Instagram at Hafiz Alchemist Urban Lightworker. Those are his two handles there and Hafiz Sumani on Facebook. So thank you for tuning in here to this edition of Decide to Transform. And we'll see you back here on the next show. Everybody have a great rest of your day and a great week. All right, thank you.